Well, hello, everyone. This is Bradford Trojan. This is episode one of my podcast. Working title, Bradford Trojan and Friends, because I am planning on speaking with all of my friends, everybody that I know, and then more people that will become friends. This podcast started, I guess, when I was a little pod cast out of my mother 40 years ago. If we, if we think about it, that's when it all began. Even though the technology wasn't available at the time, it is now. So I'm using it. I'm recording this at home, mainly in the closet. That's, that's literal, really in the closet, recording this. It's better sound, just soaks up the sound, all the clothing and the foam. I have a real big thing for medical grade foam. Medical grade foam is very comfortable. So you can add it to your bedding. You can accessorize your bedding with it. It's great for travel. It's really fun to use, nice and soft. There was once when I was actually driving downtown here in Tucson and I saw a truck that said medical grade foam on it. And I, I, um, chased it for a little while. I just followed it for like half a mile. Wanted to see where it was going. Maybe some of it was going to fall out of the truck and I could grab it up. Today I'm speaking with my oldest friend on the planet. We've both been friends since we were babies. Our fathers were best friends. So that's kind of like a multi-generational friend thing that you got going on. And our moms are best friends. It's great. It's just a lot of friend, uh, Friend Times, a good way to start this podcast. Working title, Bradford Trojan and Friends. Keeping with the friend thing. It's a very friendly environment we're trying to create. My best friend, Martin Zinkel, Marty Zinkel. Anyone that knows Marty just loves the guy. He's a very, very positive dude. Super uplifting really fun to be around and I hope that you enjoy our talk today Starting the recording of working title being Bradford Trojan and Friends podcast could also be uh, some other names that we've been working on, and uh, this is like just that. like this is a trial run for this podcast of what we're what we're doing here. I am host with the most. I'm Bradford Trojan, and who do I have with me today? I have. My longest, I think my oldest friend on this planet. I mean, my parents are friends. I consider them very good friends. But Marty Zinkel, we've known each other since we were babies. Yeah, since um, my earliest memories. Earliest memories. World in this dimension. Yeah, yep. That's it in this in this reality in this matrix in this matrix this specific matrix right here, 
this we, time around. Yes, this time around, we've known each other uh, as as the humans that we are right now. Yeah, uh, could have been, could have been before. Who knows? Maybe my name was Marty and your name was Bradford. <laughs> That's a possibility in, in a split side universe. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so well, it's been great knowing you the whole time, man. I have to say. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's like, you know, I was telling somebody about this, um, you know, trying to start this podcast and um, tell them having my buddy on. And when it really hit me, like, wow, you know, this person I've known for 40 years, that's, that's a long time. There's not a lot of people that I can say that about, you know, there's some that go back as far as uh, elementary school. I've known them, you know, we're, we're friendly, but we're not like in touch all the time. And, uh, and you and I have just gone this long. So that's, I, I find that really, really cool. And, um, you know, I, I'm proud of that. It's, it's, it feels really good. Yeah, man. It's just uh, one of those things. Sometimes you click with people and luck- luckily we, uh, clicked pretty early on. Yes. I think we, um, you know, have a similar sense of humor and, Maybe our parents had a similar sense of humor and that, you know, it's kind of like a lot of laughter seemed to be happening whenever yes. we got together. Yes. You know, and you know, this is also something that's interesting that our fathers were both friends uh, in college at Westchester University, Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, so it's like we have a multi-generation um, friendship here goes back. So that's uh it's just in our genes can can, can't really help it it's kind of like riding a wave man just catch the wave just keep on keep on rolling you just roll you just gotta roll with it man gotta roll with it even if the water's not near you you're still riding the tides right the moon is out right it's almost a full moon tonight tomorrow and you just gotta ride the tides ride the tides i am uh i am currently in tucson arizona i'm in tucson arizona in the desert it's real hot still hot Let's um, you are where are you right now i'm in uh mount holly new jersey mount holly with the temperature's yeah. taking a turn with <laughs> fall season towards the equinox temperatures oh gosh About i missed that 70 ish no no that's not fair jesus you know what it is it's uh, yesterday today it's going to be a hundred Oh, yikes! Ouch! Days. Early I summer. Mean, you just early burn days. yourself. You can burn yourself when you're burning yourself on the surfaces of things outside. That's just not a good sign. I feel like that's not where we want to be. Yeah, living. You can't so, go outside without starting to cook yourself. Yeah, you're. I guess you're. I mean, you slowly are cooking yourself. You're in a slow cooker. If you, if I guess, if you were just outside, if it, if it maintained that hundred degrees consistently mm-hmm. through the day and night over a few days, you would just be cooked. You would literally be like a, a fully cooked bird slow cook yourself. Yeah, you, just, you do a, you do a slow self slow cook. Yes, yeah, self slow cooker. A nice slow cooker. Um, but yeah, regardless, it's hot. I miss the fall. I miss the fall weather. Um, I'm hearing ever from everyone back east. It's beautiful. We were just there. We drove across the country with our little one and went all the way back 
to visit. So I got to spend a lot of time with you in person um, for a couple months, which was awesome. That was just like so happy. I, I miss it there. Yeah, um, man, it was a good time. Really, uh, also, you know, glad you were able to come out. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I'm, I'm. Uh, Chance to hang out with the Bradford for more than just a couple days here and there. Yeah, a nice, solid, solid time period. Yeah, it's you know what I noticed was so great with you with some other people that I that I was seeing. It was like because of the pandemic, people had way more time to hang out, and it, it felt like more quality time. Uh, unfortunately, that meant that some people have, um, you know, there's a lot of transitions happening with jobs and housing and this and that, and so. Um, it still it still allowed me though to hang out with people more and i was grateful for that so it's it's been really nice to um to have that during this time you know just kind of connecting with people and a little bit more uh than we would like you know before pandemic we were kind of moving around faster and going from here to there and this has just given us more a chance to be able to really connect because i feel like we really need that you know we really need to be connecting with our fellow man right now in this way that uh you know we we have kind of taken for granted or we we haven't had that the chance to as well so we have to kind of do extra special steps to to make that happen yeah it really makes you like the whole you know lockdown situation really made you kind of like sit there and examine your relationships in life to yourself and other people yeah give you a chance to kind of get into it a little bit more i know it did for me yes yes yeah exactly um so you know this is just like a new thing that i'm doing i am not a uh <clears throat> i'm not like a expert in this field of podcasting you know i kind of this was like hey here's a chance mm-hmm. to do something fun talk to friends talk to some really interesting people in my life that i know <clears throat> over over kind of a wide spectrum of um of life and you know and things that they they do in the world so you're interested in other people's experiences i am you know and i think some of the work i've done um everybody's different everybody has a different point of view everyone has a different point of view i'm really curious with that right now especially yeah the the time that we're in right now being kind of um ultra polarized in the world it feels like i just want to be able to connect with all walks of life uh different ideas different perspectives so that's kind of one of my goals in doing this and also um it's a great idea yeah you know just there's a curiosity for me in the human condition institutions uh, want to split us into these uh artificial you know boxes that they can manipulate like you know you're on this side yeah everything else is on the other side split them into but the reality is it's just like one of those trippy Alex Gray paintings. Everybody is a different lens into reality, you know? Yeah. Yes. And we should all, you know, get our different points of view out there. Mm, that's well you know? said. Yeah. So I'm curious for you, just if, um, if we could just talk a little bit just about where you're from, you know, give me a little like history of Martin Zinkel. History? Uh, where I'm from, <laughs> man. 
prehistory like, uh, pre prehistory of of marty zinkle um allegorical or you know literal. like yeah some little just like where you're from where you grew up what uh you know what was it like what um all right i'll just start talking and you like steer it i guess I'll steer it i'll steer the ship i'll steer the ship as best as i can <laughs> born long time ago yesterday seems like just yesterday mm. um no i i was born in lancaster pennsylvania um and i guess that was because my grandparents lived around there but my parents were living in glenmore pa which is where i grew up and i guess i came up from the hospital glenmore and just basically grew up in glenmore pennsylvania kind of in the uh <clears throat> middle kind of border between suburbs and starting to get out to Amish country Mennonite you know typical PA, PA uh stereotypical Dutch wonderland yeah so I'm wondering about that you know for people that haven't been in that area what is it like you know I mean we hear Amish and Mennonite and you could even, yeah, I'd love to talk about Dutch Wonderland. We should actually get into that a little. Basically, it's just Dutch Wonderland. I mean, that's that's what it is. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking we're talking the people that you know, no electricity, um, horse and buggy. They have electricity. I think they're allowed to have. I mean, there's different types of um, religious, um, I guess, restrictions on modernity um on the different like you have mennonite you have amish um and then you have different types of mennonite and amish um and i think that you know i think amish they can use wind power perhaps like wind generated power ah like from from there like that's why you always see those little windmills yes um but like Mennonites, you know, and, and then Amish, you, you know, horse and buggies, they can't use cars, but Mennonites can use cars, drive cars. And so they came over from, um, they're from, initially they came from Denmark? Yeah, I don't know, I think, I think, yeah, right, Denmark, Germany, area. Yeah. I mean, it's, Dutch is, um, you know, for Deutschland, which is what Germany used to be called in the native tongue, or maybe still is, I guess. Yeah. I really know German. Um, yeah, that's why it's called Dutch country. It's actually because um, that's what it sounds like to say Germany in German. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there is, and then like a lot of people from Germany there. Yeah, like the Dutch oven. Yeah, it's like a Dutch oven for Germans. And not the kind where you it's fart summer. in the sheets and hold it down. <laughs> no, maybe. That's like, that's like a bit oven. of a bastardized version of a Dutch oven. It's probably invented. They probably invented that too. <laughs> they had so many inventions. Do you think... <laughs> That one is a little bit unsavory if uh, if you're in the, if you're in bed with somebody and you pull a Dutch oven on them. But um, if if we're 
I digress. I digress. Um, if we, uh, you know, I've been in that area, so it's fascinating. You know, you just have a very s- slower pace of life, um, more uh, handmade items, more, you know, the me- the Mennonites being like really amazing woodworkers. Um, I mean, talking about putting things together with wood pegs, not using nails. Like this is amazing building. They're expert builders, expert farmers um so that's why you have a lot of people going out there to get like their cabinets made and right just go find it find somebody there's like a lot of people out there that that can do that um, how, for a good how price was, and do it really well and so how was that grow like for you growing up in that area you know i'm i'm growing up in the suburbs of philadelphia in a pretty um you know densely populated area what was it like for you growing up out there you know just yeah that's that was really different between where the way you grew up or the surroundings you had and what i had yeah i always wanted to be where you were right yeah you know, i always wanted to be like able to walk to my friend's house and stuff but you know i was kind of like out in the countryside a little bit and the only road that we really had was um you know kind of busy it's almost like that road in uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh, yes. Where it's like out in the middle of the country, but these like, you know, big farm machinery and trucks will be like flying by and, you know. But um, so my yeah. parents didn't let me like, you know, walk to my friend's house very much until I got, you know, my later teens, probably, you know, early teens, maybe. Yeah, and oh, yeah. I felt I felt kind of vice versa. Like I wanted to be out in the country more, and it was always just so nice to go back and forth and have that um, ability yeah. for us to kind of go from house to house and play. Yeah, it's you know? cool to get your experience, and then you can come out to my place and just you know get lost in the woods and you know fall in the pond. Yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. I mean, it's a pretty drastic, a pretty drastic change within an hour, you know, you're in suburbs of Jersey to like countryside of PA. And um, so for you, you know, what was it like when you were, when you were growing up, would you, it was more outdoor stuff. I know you did a lot, you were in the Boy Scouts and kind of grew up in that world, you know, where I think I only made it to the Weebelows when I stopped, but it was probably more of a, of a, um, it was probably bigger for, for the area you were in. I mean, you were definitely in more nature. Yeah. I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, yeah. Well, my dad, the whole reason I got to that was because my dad was actually um, working with the Boy Scouts of America as like an administrative position ah. like, where I was even born or conceived of in the early seventies. And he got, he got involved with that. And, um, but it was, you know, like from his perspective, it's, you know, totally the um, best place to, you know, you can, you can easily go out into nature. And it was like, you know, the meetings were at the church, which is, you know, the church that I grew up in that he was a trustee member of, that he's been a member of since the early 70s. It's all part of the same community, yeah. you know, it's an activity. So he was kind of involved in it, so I got involved in it. But um, it was um, it was a great experience, and uh, you know, we had like a lot of um, 
I mean, if you want to talk about the, the scout experience, like sure. starting out with Cub Scouts and going all the way up through um, Eagle Scout, that was that was quite an interesting experience, definitely. definitely yeah, so, cool. yeah, so just so people know, it's like Cub Scout, Weebolo, Boy Scout, Eagle Scout. Um, or were the Eagle Scouts in the boys? Is that like part of the Boy Scouts? No, that is kind of a, I guess Eagle Scout is the highest rank you can achieve in Boy Scouts. Yes. Which maybe makes it its own thing, I guess. Okay. Where, you know, the Cub Scout, I think the Weeblo is a Cub Scout too. So it's kind of like um, Cub so Scouts how- have like different rankings, you know, it's just, you start at the bottom and work your way up. There's like Bobcat. Fox, yeah, wolf, you know, bear, wolf, and bear. I think you're right. Yeah, that was, that's bear. what I got through. Right. Yes. And so you get your, you know, four animals. Yeah. And then you, uh, you know, then you get your arrow of light, which is the kind of the eagle scout of uh, Cub Scouts. Eagle the scout arrow of, of the arrow of light. The arrow of light. You get your arrow of light by, um, I think, performing some kind of community service project, or I don't know what it is these days. But then you, uh, uh, if you're awarded this, you have to be voted on it, also by your, by, by probably by the counselors or the, um, what do you call them, you know, your your pack leader, probably yeah. the adults and, and everybody. That's such a it. cool. That's such and a cool name, the arrow of light. The arrow of light, and then there's this ceremony that, um, you know, it's it's all Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts. It's all about the whole like um, transformative um, gateway experience from childhood to adulthood. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one of those ceremonies. Yes. Um, especially that one because. Um, that's going from like being a boy to being like more of like a teenager, young man. Yeah. You know? And then when you get the, you know, it's like a full ceremony to turn out the lights and they light up a fire. That's like the arrow of light and everything. Oh, that's awesome. And you get the little arrow of light badge and then you become, you get, you know, a boy scout. Yeah. You start the bottom there and work your way up there. It's kind of, yeah. It's like a combination of like, it's like corporate and or like army, military, and like hunter-gatherer skills, like well, yeah, natural, natural survival skills in the actual real world if civilization yeah. goes away. I mean, that's what it seems like. Yeah, like you get it's a kind of a great balance, and for kids to get empowered to do that, and then be able to have like tangible skills that are actually kind of like. I mean, if you think about it, <laughs> if we got like our ancestors, that's like the most important thing they needed to know how to do. So you were basically yeah. just survival. Sir, yeah, you were given your survival skills that, I mean, geez, how, ma- how many people you get learn that? it from day one? Yes. Yes. Learn yes. From day one. Yeah. Like very just simple things that we don't get any, we don't get taught. They don't teach us in school and, you know, kids who just don't have to learn these things anymore so it's something and something to connect us to the past that is so invaluable especially if uh 
you know, something were to happen and, and we get reset. <laughs> we have to know these things, yeah. you know, the, uh, the Eagle Scouts are going to be very well equipped to, uh, to, to know what to do. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like nature bathing. If you've heard of that, that term recently, people yes. are polarizing. It's just basically the idea of going into nature to, you know, somehow get more connected to the world around you and more calm inside yourself. And I think, you know, learning how to do those things and just hiking and walking in the woods, you know, learning how to start a fire, you know, learning how to identify plants, you know. Yeah. That's just connects you to, um, I think, a, a more satisfying way of being as a human being. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so good. It's so, so Teach true. You know, yeah, you know, the more we're disconnected from the earth in that way, it's just uh, you could see a lot of neuroses and and um, mental mental disorders that seem to kind of stem from a lot of that, just being really cut off from the cycles of of nature. So, you know, yeah. anything that's connecting us like that is uh, is great. Yeah, the nature bathing. There's, a, I guess, in Japanese, there's this thing called forest bathing, which is I think very similar. You just go up and you just are uh, taking. Oh, hold on one sec. Pausing. All right. So we're, we're, uh, you know, Japanese forest bathing, basically same thing. You know, you're just going up, you're just trying to pull in mm -hmm. the natural world around you, the energy around you and, uh, and, and let it just wash through you, you know, wash through anything that's been, uh, you know, maybe not as natural, you know, connected naturally and all the Wi-Fi we're in and stuff and whatnot. Um, electronics yeah. were bombarded by so what what do you have in there i hear you you're 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 snacking on something chomping away <laughs> um i'm just eating, eating an avocado real quick because it started to get the jitters from what probably the espresso there it is the espresso yes. not not the interview let's just make sure people know it's not the interview it's the espresso and so the avocado is balancing out some of that nice fat that is going to anchor that caffeine into you and, and help you have a nice smooth transition. Smooth it out. Case of the jitters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, hearing about your experience is just so great. It's like, it sounds so nice to be able to go out into the world like that, into nature and, and have these skills, you know, coming into your, into the rest of your life. So I know that you went from uh, where you were in Glenmore and then went to school, college at Penn state. That, that was out kind of more central PA. Uh, yeah. Penn state. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, we're going through all the, all the locations that I've lived at. <laughs> yeah. I've done that with my girlfriend, Olivia. Yes. And so, and so you went to, I know you went to school there for film and uh -huh. you started working in some film. State college. Went straight state, to state college. Yeah. Straight, uh, stayed there for four years. Got straight, it. Straight to, video. straight to state. Trace straight to state. I'm going straight to state. I'm going straight to state, mom and dad. I'm going straight to state, mom and dad. You can't stop me because I'm going straight to state. Can't stop me because I'm going straight to state. <laughs> 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 you, 
you uh you went there and you went that should be uh i was trying to channel beach boys oh yeah that was like a beach boys version going straight to state kind of like a it's like maybe like a sequel to be true to your school yeah exactly that's like an 80s version of uh of be true to your school we could write so you went you went there and was it um so tell me about that like you go into for film and some of the film stuff you worked on as you were there and coming out of school it's a giant uh a giant student factory at um university park in, in state college pennsylvania <laughs> and state university um just churn, churning like out graduates students eighty thousand students in the state of pennsylvania oh wow i was there whoa the uh the um stadium held uh 100 about 105,000 people by the time i left my god and that and that was the nittany Mr. lions go. that was the nittany lions right say nittany lions go yeah go cats Go nits. Uh, yeah. Don't be don't be a don't, nitwit. Don't be a nitwit. Don't <laughs> <laughs> don't be a nitney wit. Don't <laughs> the nitney lines. But uh, yeah, so yeah, yes, yeah, so it was it was quite an experience. It was like, um, yeah. you know the whole large university experience. Yeah. It's difficult. Yes. Yeah. Difficult to navigate. I bet. For an 18 year old went there yeah. straight to uh, summer school. Yeah. I would be so overwhelmed yeah, going to such a big school like that. That would be a lot. Yeah. Um, you want to know about going to college or you want to know about the location, the town. I mean, um, that was even, further out in the country but that was further out with so many way people. further in the middle <laughs> of pennsylvania in the middle of pennsylvania um you got towns like belfont um you got goldsburg <laughs> going down to punxsutawney punxsutawney phil yeah. the groundhog oh yeah that was an all night that was a late night um spur of the moment decision by some uh friends of mine wow and, I'll just hop in the car and went down to see Punks and Tony Phil. For the Groundhog. What year was that? God, that was probably 98, I want to say. Oh, that's Maybe crazy. You know, because my my birthday, my birthday is Groundhog Day. And I remember I went out with my dad. We drove out, I think it was on my 17th birthday. So maybe wow. maybe it was a year later you went. Might have been the next year. That's amazing. So cold. So cold. So cold. Party. There's People are going frost. nuts for that hog. I remember the frost on the overgrown grass out there, like in the field. Yeah. Oh. Once you get closer, it's just like a giant, like oh. festival. Like people have their shirts off and people just drinking and yes, like, hanging out of trees. That, exactly. Guys yes. Top hats up on the stage. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's below zero and people Early are like week. half naked. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are the days before coffee for me. It was yes. Just, Oof. and so you so well tell me this you went to you went for film and you started um yeah I, i've seen i remember seeing your senior film when you came out of college oh cool yeah that's right i played, played it for you guys it, it was oh gosh it was called candy uh what is it 
Shoot. Candy. I want to hear what you thought it was called. It was candy. <laughs> I wanted to say candy stripper, but it's not that. It was it was something it was like another friend of yours. <laughs> what was it? What was it called? Um it was called 6 p.m. Jesus. Oh, way <laughs> off. I was way off, but there you is can- but there is candy involved. Yeah, I think there is candy involved in the very last scene. Um, well, don't get, don't give away don't don't give away no spoilers here because people might is it is this available? Can you see this movie online? Someone gives candy to another person. Say, yes, spoiling it. Okay, all right, but can you can people see this film? Is it out? Um, no one can see it unless they. Um, have a VHS player. Dude. Get the video. I think it's time to get that thing transferred, man. I got a guy. I got a guy for you. I got a guy for you. He'll transfer it. We just did a bunch of video transfers when I was back east. He's in Del Ran. He's real oh, close to you. That's right. You were going to give me that. Maybe you did. I don't know if you gave me that info. But I'll, I'll give it. Me. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you when we're done here because it's uh, it's super cheap. And that way you could get in and just pop it up online. It'd be great, you know, in this day and age. We can... Infos. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say who it is on the yeah. show because there are no sponsors on the show yet because it's the first episode, so no one has any idea about it. And I'm not going to give free publicity to somebody. I need to see the, I need to see the, uh, the Abraham Lincolns before I start naming names here, dropping, uh, dropping promoting. And uh, they're going to be rolling in, let me tell you. They're going to be rolling in Hamilton's. <laughs> you get, uh, Lincoln, you get and... A bunch of Lincoln logs. They're going to be feeling the Lincoln logs. So you have, um, you're out there, you do it, you do your film, and then coming out of, of, uh, of school, film school, basically, you started working with some uh, what did you do? What did you work on? Some of these films. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, in let's see, in my junior year, between junior and senior year of um, school at Penn State, I uh, it was summer of nineteen ninety nine. I just went into New York City, uh, Manhattan, and I got an apartment with uh, another film student friend. Um, mm-hmm. Courtney, Courtney was his name. Um, Aha! Uh-huh. Can't remember his last name right now, but uh, do you know his social security number? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll look that up and give it to you. Um, yeah, we need to tell people that. Pretty, we'll we'll uh, definitely put that out on. So, yeah, we just split in this like closet apartment. Like I lived in a closet. He lived in the main room, and uh, that summer, and I worked on uh, a couple films. Um, and uh, as a PA, and just you know, just wanted to see what it was like to work on live film productions because that's what I was going to school for. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just went to work on Girl Fight, which is the only one that I think was, you know, anybody would know. Um, it was the first movie that Michelle Rodriguez was ever in, or first thing she'd ever done. Um, she's an actress in Hollywood. She's been in uh, the uh, 
uh, one of those car films with Vin Diesel and Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. She's oh, she's that. she went to do those. Yeah, yeah, wow. she went to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were hanging out in the summer of '99 on the set of Girl Fight, and um, um, what's that town? Hoboken, New Jersey. Yeah, Jersey City, perhaps it was. It was right there, and I would take the um, uh, the train that goes under the water, or whatever that's called, from from uh, Manhattan to Hoboken. Wow, and a path train, maybe. Yeah, I um, so. I'd take that every day. You know, for about a month. And that was cool, man. That was that was a quite experience. That was artistic. That was another uh, coming of age experience. Another transformative life experience. Definitely, it was like super hot. We were filming in this warehouse all summer. You know, it was like this, it was the middle of the summer. It was like June, and, and we finished like the first week in in July, I want to say, and it was like record heat in Manhattan. Oh. Um, oh. No air conditioning, by the way. My like dank, dank jersey yeah and then going to dank jersey um waterfront warehousing and uh closing everything up and because of sound you know yeah covering doorways and anything that can even like have like a flow of air just closing it down and yeah. then turning on all these lights oh. and then then you would like turn on air conditioners and then turn them off as they were shooting and turn them on back at, you know, back on like during the downtime. And, you know, people on the upper floor, we had this warehouse with like two floors and then on the upper floor, they were building sets and you know, that PA, PAs up there telling them when they could hammer, when they had to stop hammering. Um, you know, but working with, um, this guy, I mean, I was just a, a production assistant. I worked my way up to camera assistant by the last day. Wow. Was loading, loading film in the camera that they used to shoot. Film, pre-digital. It was all film. Yeah. Like digital back then in, in 1999. Yes. <clears throat> back in the year 1999. <laughs> the previous century. <laughs> um, but uh, that was... Yeah, that, that was cool. That was a, that was a really good experience, and I and the, the director of photography on that film, Patrick Katie, was somebody that you ended up working with just recently. Really strange, yeah. That we had last year. I was on set for the show on CBS All Access called Interrogation. He was directing a bunch of the episodes. I think, I think all the episodes, and he started talking about some old stories, uh, some other film stuff he had done. And one thing in Philadelphia. And then I remember going after when I left New Mexico, it was in New Mexico, Albuquerque, and kind of going back and seeing what he was, uh, he had worked on. And I see Patrick Katie, one of his credits, cinematographer on Girl Fight. And uh, so I reached out to him, you know, hey, my buddy, you know, worked on Girl Fight. He probably was so long ago, but you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I think I remember, you know, he just probably has met so many people, but sounded like he remembered and uh, just funny, you know, funny coincidence of all the people like, you know, it's not like I've been in a ton of uh, ton of shows right now, but like just seeing that one connection there, it's like, yeah, 
It's ah. that had f stops and on it that would correspond to basically the f stops in the um, film cameras that we were using. And he would kind of use that and take a quick photograph once he had the lighting set up just to see what it would look like um, on on film. Wow. Because <laughs> they had like video villages and, and, and they had a, you know, a monitor area where you could yeah. go look at it on a monitor. But um, I thought it was really cool how he wanted to be like really authentic and get the the feeling of maybe how the, the end product would look like yeah. like an immediate film version of it yes uh, from, from an old-timey polaroid that they didn't make anymore because you know it was more of a manual polaroid um so that's camera geek stuff for you, there you i go. love it i love it so good you know i mean that's just like real hands-on very people that are very passionate about the art form and you know, I know that movie Girl Fight has kind of garnered a, a bit of an indie cult, I don't know, cult following, but just it's it's definitely like, uh, it seems like within that time period in 90s, like indie films that were coming out, that's that holds up as one of those films like people can reference, look back to. And uh, so that says a lot, you know, that you were a part of something there. Well, it was just... Um... I just feel really fortunate, you know, it's like a lucky thing, you know, try to yeah. try your best in life. And then sometimes you get a lucky break and get a cool experience out of it. That is um, true. Yeah. I did not end up going on to work in films. So, right. It right. Really, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was cool. It was awesome, but it was like, God, maybe influenced me to not do it. You know, I mean, but, it's, it's a pretty, um, it yeah, can see, you know, it's it a pretty intense lifestyle, you know, it's very, it can be very stressful. You're, you're a nomad. You go all, all over the world, wherever the film production is, and, and you just live in a camp or, you know, yep. live in a, a new town and, and, uh, every, for every film. And um, unless, you know, back in the day, it was like New, new York or L.A., you could maybe be based there a little bit more often. But, um, you know, you, you just kind of have to go where the work goes, and it's kind of tough to keep like a, a sane, normal schedule when you're like a young person trying to find out who you are. That's kind of my, my perspective of it. Yes. Um, of course you would find out who you are if you go and live that lifestyle too. So maybe I should have, should have done that. So I don't know. Well, you, you also, what's the other one? You worked on another one after girl fight with Geraldo's <laughs> Montel Williams, Montel Williams, Sorry, not Geraldo. Yeah. Montel Williams. Another talk show host. Yes. Yes. Uh, Montel Williams, yeah, it was um he basically it was called this film called Little Pieces. And I don't really know what it was about, honestly. It was kind of it was <laughs> his his wife was the star. So uh -huh. that kind of tells you about it. And um but it was a full scale film production. You yeah. know, they followed mostly followed union rules and you know it was a non-union film but i mean they had everything and they had like you know we did like a car car crash explosion special effects um 
it was another kind of warehouse out in Queens that we shot a lot of stuff in. But, uh, you know, it was, um, you know, I would just do like camera PA stuff, regular PA stuff. I would kind of do whatever they asked me to do, go pick people up in the city and bring them out, actors and extras and, um, and a van and drive equipment around and, and equipment trucks and, um, uh, yeah, just, just more learning about what goes on. And it's, it's, you know, up yeah. early, go to bed late. I worked, you know, probably, you know, six or seven days a week, 12 hours a day, at least like, Jeez. you know, it's wow. like really, really grinds on you. Yes. But when you're young, it's like, yeah, it's just like, a, what else am I going to do with my time? You know? Right. Yeah. You don't have any other responsibilities. You might as well do it. Get paid for hanging out at this kind of interesting job. Yeah. Good money. Yeah. Yeah. So, so realizing, you know, you weren't as interested doing that and, you know, going down that road as much. Um, you know, I'm really curious because I know that eventually then you started working at QVC. And so people don't know, some people don't know that because I realize it's not, that's not a national thing. I mean, people are familiar with the Home Shopping Network when you say that, but QVC is a big, um, is it tri-state or is it East Coast? Well, um, it started, it started in Westchester, Pennsylvania um, at the location that I worked at. It's, um, I guess they called called Studio Park. Yeah, Studio Park. Um, I mean, I worked there for like 10 years, so I could go through part of the history that I know, which is it used to be like the old Commodore 64 computer building or whatever. They what? had this corporate campus out there. They had a corporate and, campus for the Commodore 64 out there? Yeah. What? I think. Fact check me on that. Okay. But, uh, anyway, they bought it from them in the 80s and started up, you know, Home, it's kind of like the Home Shopping Network, but it's GVC. It's called. It stands for Quality, Value, and Convenience. I had and no idea that's what it actually was. That's what yeah. it stood for. Wow. Um. So, uh, yeah, they just had like a buy time. They bought like a local television channel and broadcast it out, and started from there. And then I guess bought up spaces on, you know, cable providers. But now it's worldwide. I mean they started their web presence, you know, in the late nineties. And, um, I did a lot of photography for the website and when it started out and I was there during the transition from standard definition, um, you know, square TVs to rectangle TVs and um, oh. high definition, which was interesting and from a technical, you know, video, point of view um that was cool but yeah the um yeah the whole the the qvc is a, is a shopping network and you know <laughs> i don't know if you if you don't know what it is i mean it's check like it out people gotta check it out they have to look it they, up and see it they sell you stuff it's like those late night tv commercials they yeah. sell you knives but it's 24 7 and now it's in all countries all over the world, Germany, Brazil, Whoa. Japan, you know, you name it, and uh, UK, and of course, that's a website, and 
So you can watch TV and order stuff by calling in, or you can go to the website and order that same stuff. Um, and they so would be, just and the people, yeah, and the, so the people, the people that would be there. Like, what would you see when you would go in? Would it was it like people nonstop, twenty four hours right. filming live? Because a lot of it's live, right? So. Right. That's correct. Like, is it like at yeah, three three in the morning, someone's like on air mm -hmm. talking to people? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Wow. There's you know shows on twenty four seven, and there's cameras and there's you know two um, technical direction studios. Um, uh, just in case one goes down, there's a complete um, duplicate. Uh, right next door. TV station that is on 24-7 broadcasting from the studio. And they have different sets that they'll go around to all over the, the building. Um, and then, uh, you know, mix in um, pre-recorded stuff, which is stuff that I did. I did a lot of pre-recorded video. Okay. You know, product what videos. What do you remember about what do you remember about that? What was that like? Um, just anything that happened there that was just anything that happened to QVC. I mean, also also like seeing people. I mean, there's sometimes celebrities would come or right. Yeah, Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Uh, you know, she would. I worked in this this studio, these two studios actually across the hall from each other, and and you know celebrities would walk down the hallway, going to and from set from time to time, and you know. You get people like Joan Rivers, you know, just walking very slowly down the hallway. She's about this tall, and then her husband was behind her. And then the dog, she had a dog, like a little Yorkshire Terrier that was like, you know, just run. She just let her go loose in the hallway. <laughs> just like running around. Dog, dog she Rivers. Jewelry, and she sold jewelry, I think. Yeah, pretty sure. Jewelry. Whoa. So set her jewelry up and shoot it and make sure it looks nice like rotating in the the um close-up shot so you can see exactly what it is i would take yeah. a video of that and yeah. they mix those videos into the live show where you had joe rivers actually talking to the host and um then they had like models and so uh they'd like fly models into the because i remember going out there once and seeing i mean it's this place is like in a a very like wooded kind of area outside of in like kind of rural Pennsylvania. Right. I mean, it's Westchester. It's, yeah. It's suburbs. It's, it's like solid suburbs. Right. Solid suburbs of Philadelphia. I remember there being a forest around it. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, it's right, right in Westchester. So there Westchester is kind of like, you know, the last big town out there, but there's always forest around Westchester so it people, like, it's in a wooded area yeah and they'd be flying people in to come and do their thing on there's on an ABC. airport yeah it's actually right next to the airport the oh. Westchester airport oh wow got the it the first year i uh worked there they had a christmas party at the airport that was really cool what was that like <laughs> a lot I of mean, no a lot of nog yeah there's a lot of nog you know drinking I had an operation, I think, right before that, and I was still taking like Percocet or something. 
And then there was alcohol there. Everybody's like, yeah, now's your chance. Like, you know, drink with the with your coworkers. You know, it was the first time. Because I've only been working there for not even a year at that point. Oh, my gosh. So I was just like, oh, man, I got like really. <laughs> I remember it was just getting really lightheaded and <laughs> having a good time around the helicopters. And uh, the helicopters. <laughs> I don't know. Get the, give me the keys. I'll fly. <laughs> have beer sit in the cockpit of a helicopter <laughs> what? so you got colleagues you would be yeah go on a, yeah go on a little yeah. a little uh christmas flight and uh yep. <laughs> drunk percocet ho- copter ride get this baby in the air <laughs> what are we good. waiting for <laughs> um and you 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 work there nights, right? You'd go mostly. You'd go in and work the night. Yep, working the four to two shift, um, and that's where that's when I started really hanging out with you a lot more because I came back from college. Yes, living in Westchester, working at QVC in Westchester, where you were going to college at Westchester University. Yep, first year like of college. Said. And uh, but yeah. Um, That was, what were you asking? I forgot. <laughs> the, um, yeah, anything else in QBC as far as like the the setup there? I mean, is it, it seems like just this interesting world of like the home shopping, like there's people live constantly right. selling these things that, I mean, honestly, aren't great, you know, aren't that good of quality. Um. Or, yeah, or like, is that true? Or is it that they people just get want to talk to someone live, and it's almost like it's fun to like they just you know what 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 do you what's your take on it? I think the psychology of it is probably like that. It's like oh well, this product must be good because an actual person talking about it for you know a couple minutes and going wow isn't this great you know look at how easy this is oh I didn't know that wow you can do both of those things in this one product I can't believe it. You know, like, yes, you know, what a deal, you know, today's special value was, you know, the thing every day, you know, yeah, a new product that was like at an incredibly, unbelievably discounted rate. And they would like push it to TSV, today's special value. Today's special value. I mean, it was their person, you know, the hosts were always these extra personalities, you know, they always like were. You know, David Venable, Rick Domeyer, um, you know, it's just like, like Billy Mays. He, he, I don't know if he ever was on QVC, but he used to sell, um, what did Billy Mays used to sell? Is that a baseball player? No, no. That's Willie Mays. Oh, geez. <laughs> but, uh, Willie Billy Mays. Mays. Billy yeah, Mays. I, you know, who knows who he is anyway. It's just, yeah. yeah he, you know, just these, these like late night uh, product pushing personalities and but you know they all have to like find these you know basically make up their what they're going to say fill this time and have the things they go to go through and um then you have like you know technical directors in their in their ear telling them what they have to say sometimes and remember to mention this um, 
and you know we're going to this video in three two one so then you know you're playing the video and you know it's like integrating there's a lot of stuff going on there you know in the technical direction studio like behind the scenes there's like all kinds of people like preparing segments um, dealing with video special people dealing with only audio yeah there's like um, a front bank of people like right by all the main monitors that you have your technical director you have assistant technical directors down the line that specialize in certain things um, certain aspects of it um, I think you have like camera director maybe yeah sometimes and you have remote cameras that people are, are controlling up from the control room and then you have some that are like more manual that somebody's down on a jib in the actual studio I used to do that you know with the, the thing that's like on a long arm yeah swoops around and stuff and dude that's a lot of moving parts for that they, mu- they must they must be making a pretty good deal you know you would think i mean they have how many products do they have to sell to keep this whole thing going yeah well it's quite a feat of you know and this the the production studio is just a part small part of that well not small but it's maybe one third or a quarter of the whole building, whole complex out there. Jeez. You got a cafeteria, you got your HR offices, you got your administrative offices, you got warehouses, yeah. products. And there was a deer one time. Do you remember that when there was a deer that like, because the whole building is made of like these glass windows, like oh. on the outside a deer just like went right through the the lobby and went to a plate glass window and was like running around and somehow got to the cafeteria I remember one day coming in you know there's always something during that time you know i'd just be rolling in there like barely getting in there at four o'clock maybe four or five swiping in and then oh there's blood all over the you know and glass everywhere what's going on you know like <laughs> you know I was there during 9-11, you know, like, well, the country's being attacked. Should we, you know, shut down? Like, UBC never shuts down. I guess we have to do it. You know, we're going to, you know, it was a big deal. What were they selling selling when the planes hit? Um, I'm going to guess they're probably selling Susan Graver um, clothes. Activewear. <laughs> oh God, that's so. Lori Grenier, fasc- everybody knows her now. Lori fascinating Grenier, and sad. Oh. I used to work with Lori Grenier all the time. It's bizarre. I was just watching Shark Tank the other day. Yeah. Not seeing her as like this kind of like stern, dour, like uh, female Donald Trump personality. When I saw her, when I knew her, like working backstage at QVC, she was like the most bubbly, like cheerful, like, oh, how are you doing? Looking, you know, so happy to see you. Oh, you know, we're bringing, my husband's bringing in the products. I'll be here in just a minute. And she was like so conscientious and like, oh my gosh, real like Midwestern Minnesota type, like uh, friendly. And now she's a shark. Now she's one of the sharks. 
Oh, that's fat. I had sure, no it's idea. All, it's all TV and creating these characters and stuff. Right. But it's fascinating. I mean, it's like so strange to be in that and see somebody go into that world who is, you know, obviously pretty different. Or maybe she has to act that way on Shark Tank. Who knows? That's maybe Yeah, they probably they probably assigned her to act like that yeah right i mean because there's producers on all these shows the reality shows that are steering people towards acting certain ways and kind of molding them you know it's not just pure uh spontaneous spontaneous action or emotion that's happening on a lot of those um much to the chagrin of some reality show enthusiasts and fans yeah. definitely not not totally uh not the real like deal the- I always wonder how do those, you know, I don't watch these shows very often, but I see commercials for like the Masked Singer and America's Got Talent and stuff like that. Like, you know, how much of their comments and things are scripted and how much leeway do they have to make things up on the spot? You know? It's fascinating. I mean, I I wonder too. Maybe maybe it's a similar thing with the earpiece, like you said. Maybe they have a lot of those people, you know, that are there and... um, Telling them what to say beating them lines and what to do and, and saying kind of, you know, uh, someone at the top, that's just like, Hey, let's, uh, let's steer this. So this person's going to, let's get them in, you know, kind of like a Mulholland drive deal where it's like, you have the person, two people behind, you know, that's feeding <laughs> what to do where there's just the guy at the top in the glass room with the midget and, you know, <laughs> pulling, crossing the wires and plugging in what needs to happen who knows it's weird weird yeah and i, I always you know would hope that there's a saxophone player outside you know um, <laughs> in the moonlight you know, veiling some kind of uh abstract uh, emotional conflagration yes exactly exactly wow so that's it's fascinating you know definitely a lot of interesting piece people that you were you were working with then Man, it was just, you know, trying to trying to make a living. And, and anyone oh, else that yeah. and anyone else that come through that came through there that was like the Laurie Veneer, like kind of early on, or a celebrity that was a weird encounter or anything. I, mean, I was, remember seeing Lionel Richie, and then just you know, just being, you know, because a lot of people have plastic surgery. It seemed like a lot of these people that, <laughs> like the hosts, were like. There's all this plastic surgery going around with the hosts and guests at QVC, it seemed like. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember Lionel Richie from back in the day, you know, and then I see him up close and personal and, you know, he's he's about my size or a little bit smaller, which I was always a bigger person, but uh, his face was definitely like shaved down somewhere and stretched out in other places. Wow, really Lionel Richie? Like, all right. Is that, is that really you? Is that really, really you? you or are you wearing a mask? Is it's that really a, you, Lionel, or is that just a... I was just speaking with a friend about this, how, like, and then you don't really, you don't really see, like, what the person's doing. Yeah, their expressions. You don't know. You're, like, they're, everything's pulled back and, like, kind of numbed and deadened and like stretch and then you're like are you angry with me or are you sad or are you happy i don't know what you're doing i can't read your expressions like this is 
it's just confusing. You're like, does Lionel Richie, is Lionel Richie going to kill me? Or is he just, has he just been tucked and stretched so much? Yeah, it's crazy. There's, um, there's the show that we were watching, uh, that what's it called? Like 90 day. Yeah. 90 day fiance before the 90 days, I think it's called. And there's this woman on there and I feel so sorry for her because she was actually relatively attractive before her plastic surgery. But, you know, she basically looks like a human garbage filter <laughs> right now. And her lips are all like exploded out and her face is like stretched in weird, you know, directions. And, oh, and boy. Then, and then she yells a lot, which makes her just like <laughs> more monstrous, <laughs> you know. So, so oh, it's yeah. so scary, so scary. But just get that angle right on the on the TV camera. They look barely normal, passable. I mean, it's weird. It's, yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a weird, weird. It's weird. You can't connect with those people, and and then it's just a, it's. It's like a new breed of person. I mean, I very, very much think of it like L.A., Phoenix, yeah. you know, these kind of places that. Cyborg. Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 strange. It's really, I remember spending some time going up to Phoenix more for a while and mm -hmm. uh, actually seeing plastic surgery centers. Like, not that was brand new. Like, I had a wake up call. Like, how different Tucson is from Phoenix, and seeing plastic surgery buildings i'm like wow there is so much of a need for this and so much of a presence here that it actually they have their buildings like out you see them they're they're around you know they're advertising and um yeah something a little, a little scary about that but you know hey hey you know it's it's like technology, man. It's like any kind of new product that they can sell or service that uses a device or something. It's like, ooh, hey. Yeah. That gets promoted. Yeah. That, and there's an incentive to put that out there, I guess. Yeah. We'll pay for it. Yeah, exactly. But not, not a good idea, necessarily. Right, right. Um, like, things are kind of, uh, have been good the way they've been for a reason, and um, not always yeah. really the best use of time or resources, you know. Yeah, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't judge. Maybe I'll get to be ninety years old and I uh, want to stretch out my face too. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we're gonna stretch out our faces. We're gonna get Botox shots and tighten it up. Salmonella, isn't that? That's what it is. It's salmonella shots, basically. You're you're getting shots of salmonella into your face. That pulls Ooh. it and stretches. Yeah. Is that Botox? Is that I think that's what Botox is. I, I'm pretty sure. See if I had somebody that Botulism was toxin. Yeah. Botul yeah. It, I think it's it's something like that. It's mm -hmm. yeah, it's weird. I, I was gonna look it up, but we'll just we'll go with that. Self-improvement surgeries. Self-improvement <laughs> surgeries. Yes. Self-improvement surgeries. The, uh S I S. Yeah. <laughs> Put the work in, get yourself to the surgeon, 
have them cut into you, you know, have them, you know, make the alterations that need to be made. That's how you improve yourself. You walk out, you're all stitched up, you heal up just fine in a few weeks. That's it. And then you feel better about your life and what you've been, uh, what you've been doing. And uh, that's it. You don't have to do any of the inner better work. Outlook. Yeah, better outlook on life. life. You just get to have a better, uh, a better everything in your in your world. So mm-hmm. that's uh, you can get the courage how... to start eating well and exercising. You know, once you get those procedures done. I mean, look at Long Richie. Yeah, he's <laughs> doing pretty good for himself. All those celebrities do pretty good for themselves by getting those surgeries done. Therefore, it's a good correlation that if we do those surgeries, we will also be happier (laughs) and more (laughs) well-loved. Yep. Make it impossible for people not to love them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, this has been awesome. It's been a great talk with you, talking with you. Yeah, man. I loved it. I love uh, love talking with you you anyway. So... This is a yeah. new uh, new way to do it. Yeah, new way to catch up it. with people. You might as well just record yourselves and then uh, put it out for the public to hear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey. But uh, I'm, I'm really stoked to, to pick up uh, the conversation more with you. And uh, we're going to talk next week. And, um, you know, cool. just, I hope to actually be doing a, a, lot, of, a lot of shows with you and, and being able to, uh, to kind of get into some fun stuff together. Yeah, man, I'm sure... I'm sure we will. You, there's just endless fun stuff to, to go through. Yes. <laughs> just... So much to talk about. So much. So much. From the mind of Bradford. And Martin. <laughs> together. <laughs> All right, buddy. I will uh, talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. All right, man. It's been great. See you next time. See ya. Well, there you have it, everyone. That was my first podcast. I hope you liked it. I had a good time, and we ended up talking a little more than we thought, but that's what good friends do. We actually have plans to do another couple together to start off the podcast. It's kind of getting its legs, so we want to just get a few a few legs first before it can scurry. That's, that's the idea here, podcast to grow and develop and mature. It's really just in its embryonic stage right now when it's just a little pod inside you with the notochord. So that's that's the podcast right now. It's a notochord. I am just happy to be with you and sharing time. I hope you are with me. Hope you're all having a really wonderful day and enjoy your lives. All my friends till the very end.